Hello, and welcome to the Webtoon Room. My name is Crudy, and today is going to be a little bit of a new kind of episode because I am doing it solo. Will is unfortunately not sitting in on this episode because we are discussing Miss Abbott and the Doctor, which just had its series finale, and it's now a completed story. It's crazy, hard to believe, but we are here. Before we get started, I just want to issue a spoiler warning. We will be discussing, uh, I will be discussing um, points from all areas of the story. There will be spoilers if you have not read it, which I go recommend you do if you have not already, and then you can come back and enjoy the episode. So speaking of it, let's get into it. This feels this feels like such a weird episode to be doing because Miss Abbott and the Doctor was one of the first webtoons that I really fell in love with. It's such a wonderful, sweet, understated love story, and it was such a delight to read for the past, you know, year, however long I've been reading it, and following Kati and Andreas' story. By the way, regarding Kati's name, I am pronouncing it Kati because of a note from the author suggesting that it was pronounced Katie and not Katie. But I know other people pronounce it Katie, so pronounce it however you want, but I will be calling her Katie during this episode. But yes, Katie and Andreas, their love story is so wonderful and beautiful. It's very organic and it's very them. They start off as, you know, bickering. They're not quite enemies, I would say. Not even rivals necessarily, but they like to antagonize each other just a little bit. They like to needle each other, poke at each other. They don't like each other, but they are very much attracted to each other, and they have a curiosity about each other. The webtoon is interesting because it begins as a series of one-shots where Katia and Andreas are in a variety of situations. They just kind of run into each other. They encounter each other. And over a period of time, those one-shots become a full-fledged, continuous story, which I kind of love because it's very clear that Katia and Andreas, as characters, you know, when Mari Paz was developing these two, they just kind of took a life of their own. And the story just follows them organically. And Katia and Andreas, it turns out, had a lot more story left to tell. And now we get to see the thrilling beautiful, sweet conclusion of it. But it begins as a series of one-shots, and it goes into this adorable back-and-forth dance that they do, of flirtation, of dancing. Um, they end up kissing at one of these parties. They kind of <laughs> are dancing too hard, and they run into this back storage room, and they fall in a very close position, and they have their first kiss, which it creates this spark that just can't help but burn. And it's so adorable to see them kind of struggle with these feelings. Andreas in particular is really hilarious because he is very much approaching this in a pragmatic, rational way. He's not thinking about his emotions. He's in a little bit of denial. And he attributes it all to tachycardia, which is some kind of, you know, spring fever, spring disease. And that's why he, you know, feels flushed in her 
company and all of these other symptoms that really just point to him liking her and him having these feelings for her. Kati, for her part, is in a similar sense of denial. She accepts readily the doctor's explanation that they have tachycardia and that is what is wrong with them because, of course, they couldn't have feelings for each other. But over time, we get to see slowly through different developments Andreas going away, Kati, realizing that she's going to miss him, asks him to write her letters. And this is so sweet because she actually, she did not previously know how to read and write. She grew up in Amazonia and did not attend a traditional schooling. So this was just a gap that she hadn't had filled yet. And so she learns how to read and write in order to send letters to Dr. Andreas, Dr. Marino Osari, while he's away visiting his parents. And it's really cute to see the progression of their closeness through the letters, where Andreas starts from signing his letters from best regards, Andreas, to love, Andreas. And when they come back for the Christmas party and they see each other again, their feelings are just full to bursting. They can't help but come out. Andreas tells Kati that he couldn't enjoy his vacation because she was all that he thought of and she tells him that she missed him so much and that kind of spurs into action Andreas asking Katya out finally on a date and that date doesn't go exactly according to plan but I love where it leads them because it just sets them up for them to really have a talk with each other and to really spend time with each other and as Andreas says at the end of the date if the goal of the date was to talk and get to know each other better, I think we accomplished that more effectively here with the date where they were just getting dressed up in a photography studio for Mr. Barone, and they talked, they played, and they argued, they even had a fight, and they resolved it. That was far more effective in accomplishing that goal than just going to an opera or going to a restaurant. But it all comes to head with Andreas finally seeing the light and realizing and acknowledging his feelings, which is that he loves Kati. Before, when he realized that he liked her, he was freaking out a little bit. He was like, this can't go on. You know, I think he was in a state of... Andreas does not seem like a person who does well with a lot of uncertainty or being in the middle of something. He needs to have an understanding of where something is going or what it is. He would not do well just saying that he's hanging out with someone. He would need to know what kind of relationship that he's in. And as soon as he realizes he loves her, he asks Kati to marry him, which is absolutely a bold move to ask someone to marry you on the first date. But it feels right for Kati and Andreas. And that's what I love that Mari Paz Villar has done with their story. Throughout so many different elements, you could apply this to Katya and Andreas choosing to not have children. You can apply this to Andreas proposing on the first date and for them to get engaged so soon after one day. You can apply it to so many different elements of their relationship. But what I love about this is that it is 100% clear that it is right for them. Not every couple, not every relationship is going to thrive in those situations. Some couples may want to have kids. Another couple proposing on a first date does not make sense at all. But for Katya and Andreas, it feels right. And it is what makes sense. And I love that these two, more than anything, march to the drum of their own beat in that way. Now, that is not to say that Katya 
doesn't get kind of freaked out when Andreas proposes to her because it is a big move to make. It is a big, bold move to make. And he does it because he believes in it and because he feels wholeheartedly that it's right. As he tells her, they have gone on so many different dates without even realizing it by just spending time with each other. And that is what dating is. That's what the purpose of dating is. And his process is that marriage is the point of dating. And I know that if I like you this much and I know that if we fit this well and we've already spent time then this makes sense. I could just ask you about your schedule and what you're going to do instead of running into you by happenstance. We would have a life together. And it just made sense. It just clicked to him. And it's not that it doesn't click for Kati. It's just that she's got other reservations. None of them are about Andreas, though, which I think is a really cool piece of writing. I love Kati's character and how she approaches relationships because for her... She's very clear on people not belonging to each other. She even communicates this to Andreas. People don't belong to other people. You don't belong to me. Even if a fancy city gal came to duel me for you, I would sit down calmly and explain that people don't belong to other people and that he doesn't belong to either of us. Which is a behavior and a mindset that she carries through all of her relationships and continuously through her relationship with Andreas. She is there because she's making a choice to be there with him, not because she belongs to him or that he belongs to her. And I think to Kati, freedom is very important to her, freedom to do what she wants, to be who she is, and to do the things that she's interested in and to follow her passions. That is so core to who Kati is, and it is so important to her that if that is not respected, she would not enter that relationship. And that was actually one of the big question marks that came up with Kati when Andreas is proposing because of, I think, a societal view of marriage and what a wife is expected to be. I also think her perspective is informed by what she learned in the Amazon as, you know, her ex-lover came back and we got to see a little bit more of her perspective and what informed her past and shaped her worldview was at a certain point, becoming an adult means settling down, having kids, giving up all of these things, giving up certain freedoms. And for Kati, that was one of the main reasons that she left. Her ex-lover and his mindset was a catalyst, sure, but I think her losing freedom, the prospect of losing freedom, was a big reason why she left with Kira Akila Salazar, her mentor, to come to this country away from the Amazon. And so having peace of mind when it comes to keeping her freedom and trusting in that relationship that she will still get to be herself, I think that was very important to Kati. So I think she's a little flustered and she doesn't really agree right away. She kind of agrees when Andreas sort of dares her. He doesn't really dare her. He's like, this is not a dare. Don't say yes if this is a dare. But she's like, haha, you challenged me. I will marry you. We have 15 days to change our minds, <laughs> which is hilarious. But she goes to talk to Rebecca afterwards because she's got some worries, some concerns. And it's really refreshing to hear her talk about it because none of the concerns are around Andreas per se. She doesn't want to be with anyone else. She likes him. But it's the idea of marriage itself that is giving her pause. It kind of goes back to those societal constraints. 
and she has some reassurance from Andreas that he won't expect certain things out of her. He just wants her to be herself. He is bringing a lot of good qualities into a partnership and she is bringing even more good qualities and he just wants to be with her because he loves her as a person, as a whole complete person and not what she has to offer. Rebecca helps give her perspective on her feelings. She helps her face her fear, most importantly, and tells her that if there's something she wants to do, she should just go for it. That the world doesn't revolve around her to take away any potentially good thing that she may have in her life. So if there is something that she just wants, fight for what she wants. Go for it and work hard to keep it. And so Kati does. She goes to see Andreas and the two of them have a nice talk. Everything kind of comes out in the open. Andreas apologizes. I love, you know, the way he approaches her because... Every part of their interactions, Katya and Andreas, you can just tell it's full of care and consideration for the other person. Consideration is very much a part of every interaction that they have, and it's not even work that they have to put in. It feels like almost second nature because it's become such a habit to them, which I love that as a feature of their relationship. It shows how healthy it is. It shows how full of love it is, and true care. So Andreas, he talks to her and he lets her know, like, I'm so sorry that I proposed to you outright like that. I honestly meant to court you for months on end, which I fully believe that he did. But it also kind of felt right in the moment. And Kati apologizes for being scared. And they both are finally on the same page. And it's so lovely to see. And so the two, they get engaged which I kind of love too. It's interesting because the span of their courtship phase in relation to the number of episodes to the rest of the webtoon, their courtship phase is relatively short. They have a pretty long engagement phase, which I find to be writing-wise an interesting direction to take because it can be difficult to maintain a pace of a certain amount of tension of interest in the story once a main couple has gotten together. We all know when we first start getting interested in someone, when we first start flirting with someone, or we, or when we first start seeing someone, that initial span of time when you're getting to know someone and really falling for someone, that can be so magnetic and magical and, and so exciting. And so often, so many romance stories focus on that. Miss Abbott and the Doctor taking that unique approach of doing a great job, by the way, with the courtship phase. It is one of the most memorable parts of the webtoon for me. But the way it parlays that into a longer engagement phase, and it consistently keeps a certain amount of interest and tension in the story. It doesn't experience a lull in the same way that Say, you know, New Girl did when in season three, when Nick and Jess get together. I don't know if you guys watch the show, but, you know, two characters get together in in season three. And there's a little bit of a lull in season three because all of their storylines involve each other. And I think Miss Abbott does a very good job of keeping this momentum and keeping us invested in their relationship once they already have gotten together. It's also really cool to spend time with them like this because we get to really see the progression of their relationship and of their development as individual people. 
Kati finds purpose in her work as an assistant to Mr. Barone in the photography studio and in putting together a museum with her mentor Kira. We also get to see a focus on Kati and Andreas and the way they as a couple also integrate with other people around them. Most significantly, Kira and Sebastian Nero. Kati deeply looks up to and respects her mentor, Kira. She really loves her. And it's very important to her that Kira is able to be there for her wedding and to meet Andreas and to like Andreas. And they eventually meet and they all kind of come together and form a family. Kira, through Andreas, meets Nero, Sebastian Nero, Andreas's slightly older friend. And it's a really wonderful love story that blossoms between them as well. Because Kira Aquila Salazar is an accomplished anthropologist, but unfortunately, her first marriage was not a happy one. She was married to someone who was much older, who himself was an accomplished anthropologist, and everything about her first marriage was incredibly unhappy, to say the least. And to see her meet Nero, to fall in love, to trust someone, and to open up to someone, and to have a family, and to keep that family was so rewarding. So Kira and Nero are not even main characters, but it was lovely to include that storyline as well, especially the way it spoke to some of the struggles that widows face, that women who are in unhappy or maybe even toxic marriages, the way they can heal and find purpose, which I think is incredibly important to mention, that Kira did not find purpose in a man. She found purpose in her work. She found a wonderful, loving relationship in a man, which is a very important distinction to make. But back to what I was saying, there's some lovely messages around people who have been through these really negative experiences and finding hope and happiness and love again, and even a family. It was just so beautiful, and I'm so grateful for that inclusion. We also get to see Rebecca find love, which is cool. She meets Merthala Wong, who basically and hilariously checks off the list of everything she wants in a, in a partner, including a female magician, a butcher, <laughs> all of these other things. But I love it because Rebecca has these dreams. She kind of knows what she wants, and she wants to be a journalist. She wants to have kids. And I love that we got to see that burgeoning love relationship blossom and to see Kati support her through that. It was so sweet. The characters in this webtoon are not necessarily super fleshed out in the sense that the side characters get a lot of attention, but there's so much goodwill towards every single character in this webtoon, even if a character makes mistakes or does something questionable here and there. There is so much goodwill that Katya and Andreas have towards each other and towards everyone, and that the webtoon gives to everyone. It is just such a nice, feel-good read. You just feel so warm and sweet about everything coming away from reading this webtoon every week. It's so wonderful. A lot of that feel-good has to do with Kati and Andreas's ability to resolve issues with a lot of healthy communication and lots of trust in each other. For example, they are able to overcome when Kati runs into her ex-lover, and while she's saying goodbye, she kisses him, and they're resolving that relationship, but Andreas sees her, and it's understandably horrible for him. He is understandably very upset, and they are able to talk about it and communicate about that, 
And considering how devastated Andreas must have felt where he tells Kati that he thought that she still loved him and that she was going to leave him for him, which was not at all the case. But he approaches that conversation with her in such a healthy, open way where he candidly tells her how horrible it was and doesn't shy away from his feelings and or expressing his frustration and anger and hurt but he never stoops below a certain level of behavior in doing so. He expresses his anger in a way that doesn't tear her down or tear down anyone, which is really admirable. And Kati, in other instances, for example, when Andreas goes to the medical function with her by his side, and he meets a colleague that, you know, is just kind of like a passive-aggressive colleague, and he is subtly undermining Andreas, Kati has his back. And she doesn't have to do it, which I love this. She doesn't have to have Andreas's back without putting that colleague down. She defends Andreas, but in a way that lifts everyone else up, in a way that's inviting and not exclusionary or not putting another person down, which is so refreshing and it's so wonderful. Both of them really are healthy couple goals in a lot of ways because they both actively work to try and help the other person be better. Andreas teaches Katia how to cook. He's patient, and he's understanding, and he kind of just pushes her to try something new, and he is totally okay to do most, if not all, of the cooking. In the same vein, they both accept the other person wholeheartedly. They take into account the other's quirks and struggles and flaws, and that's just who the person is. That's just who they're marrying, and they accept and they love each other for it. In fact, it's really funny, but they actively pine and miss each other when they're separated for an extended period of time when Andreas is in town for work. Kati has to be left behind and he's in the city and they're both engaged at this point. So they are kind of enmeshed as a couple already. They're a little bit more at home. They're not in the honeymoon phase and it's really interesting to see how they react when they're separated for such a long period of time. I think that they would be fine with the normal separation or even a separation that is defined, but this period of time keeps extending, which I think is their issue, and it just leads them to go a little bit stir-crazy. Kati starts sleeping in trees, Andreas grows a giant beard and looks like a wild man, and he attracts stray cats into his bed <laughs> which I don't fully understand but I don't know maybe it's just a reference to his hygiene who knows anyway it just shows how deeply intertwined they are and it's adorable to see and then when they reunite of course there's a healthy amount of making out which is another thing I really appreciate about this webtoon in the way that it addresses sexuality, it just has such a healthy view. Andreas and Kati don't ever abstain from their desire and interest in each other, especially once they've gotten engaged. Right after they confirm their love for each other, right away they just spend the night and they have sex as soon as they commit to each other. In their case, that commitment is an engagement, but I do honestly think that they would have likely done the same thing even if they were merely courting. And it's presented as a core part of their relationship. It's very, sex is very clearly an important part of it. They both are interested in each other. They both keep that spark alive, even later on. But it is never the only thing that keeps them together. 
it's one part of a holistic whole, which is very realistic and it's a wonderful media adaptation of a healthy relationship. And another thing that's pretty cool is that Kati is more experienced than Andreas in sexual matters, but there's no insecurity. Andreas never lets it get to him. He just appreciates his time with her. And they both approach their relationship in a really healthy, wonderful way in that regard, which is great, especially considering the webtoon's setting. It's a historical romance, so this webtoon is set kind of the turn of the 20th century. It's late 19th century. The exact location is unclear, but, you know, somewhere around the world in the 19th century. And considering the time period, the way Katsi and Andreas handle sexuality and approach it is very, very refreshing. I have so many other words that I could say about this webtoon. I really love this one a lot, but I think I'm going to finish out with some words about the art, and then we'll kind of just wrap up. But the art is also pretty interesting with this webtoon because... It is very minimal. The art is done with pencils. There's very few backgrounds. Usually it just focuses on the characters and their bodies and their expressions and their movements. And it's really fascinating because this was an intentional choice by the webtoon author to do this, to not include any backgrounds, to not include, actually rarely include color. There are a few instances of color, but this was an intentional choice to prove that a full story, a full-bodied story, could be conveyed without all of this background, let's call it noise for now, like without all of this extra noise, you can create a full, deep, layered story and express it with using just a pencil. And with this as the goal in mind, I would say this webtoon absolutely succeeded in doing that. I never felt the lack of the backgrounds until it got pointed out to me, actually. It just felt like I was reading a sweet webtoon, like a really romantic webtoon, and I didn't feel any lack of story from not seeing a background, which I think is really interesting, and I really appreciate this story for doing something different like that. I'm going to close out here by just expressing some final thoughts, some personal thoughts about this webtoon. I'm really going to personally miss this one a lot. Coming back and reading this webtoon every week felt like a warm hug seeing Katya and Andreas every single time. I'm not sad that it is ending, because it did feel right timing-wise to have the story end where it did. We got plenty of Katya and Andreas. We really got to see them develop and learn and evolve as people, and there is no greater gift than to know and to see that these two had a long and happy life, that they will have a longer and happier life together, and it is everything that they thought it would be in more. We are watching them go with a loving eye, and now that their happiness has been secured, we can gratefully let them go. I am so grateful and so thankful to have read and found this webtoon when I did. I have always loved historical stories, historical romances, historical fiction, and this webtoon just hit so many sweet spots for me in that regard. So as a story, I loved it. I love bickering romances. I love an enemies to lovers romance. So it really kind of served everything and more. And then for the story to evolve from that place, from that flirtation and bickering to this wonderful, healthy, strong, sweet romance. And it wasn't always even just sweet. I love that their teasing never really ended. They just have fun together, which is my last point that I'll bring about them. I forgot to say it before, but I love that Katya and Andreas 
just have so much fun together. You can tell that they laugh at each other often and freely and with joy. And we're sharing in that joy with them. Like I said, we're watching them go with a loving eye, and now we can let them go. Completing a story is bittersweet because you're happy to be at the end and you're happy to have read it through, but it's also sad to say goodbye. So I understand I'm in that boat with you, and hopefully this podcast episode can be a celebration of everything that Miss Abbott and the doctor brought us, all of the happiness and the joy, and all of the little moments that we love about it, and the big moments we love about it. And I'm so grateful that you guys could join in this with me, because I love this webtoon. Will, unfortunately, cannot be here because he hasn't read the full webtoon through in time for this episode, but I'm here, and we'd love to share the love for Miss Abbott and the doctor on social media. If you want to follow us at The Webtoon Room on Instagram and Twitter, or you can even email us at thewebtoonroom at gmail.com, we'd be happy to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening in today, and I hope you had a wonderful rest of your day. We'll be back next week. Will will be back next week, and we can't wait to see you then. Bye.